Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 13 is where we find ourselves with breaking news this morning. And so in verse 1, it says, There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. So these guys come to Jesus with some breaking news. And they're talking about this situation where, I guess, some Galileans were killed. And somehow maybe they were going to the temple. We don't really know. The story's not recorded. We don't have any copies of the Jerusalem Post still here today that we can go back and look. But... But the, their, their blood, they were killed and slaughtered, and their blood somehow mingled with the, with the sacrifice blood that they were going to offer to the Lord. And, it's, and so as we look at this story, you know, it'd be a very disturbing thing for the Jews to, to know that, that something that was consecrated, dedicated to the Lord, like the blood of a sacrifice, would be mingled with human blood. Really an abomination to them. And, and this could be a trap, actually. This could be a trap as the Jews come to Jesus trying to catch him in a couple different ways. In one, if he were to say, you know, Pilate, that dirty rat, you know, then he could be in trouble by the Roman government. But then if he were to come to the defense, or excuse me, come against the, the Galileans rather than to the defense of them, you know, and either one could put him in trouble with either the Judeans if he came to their defense, or if he badmouthed these Galileans, then certainly his... his his following, which was mostly Galileans, would maybe alienate him or be offended by that. And so they, they, maybe they thought they had him in a trap. Now, you have to feel bad for Pilate. You know, he was the governor of that region. You know, he was a horrible person for sure. It was, a, it was a very difficult job that he had there. But he probably got posted there because he was in some sort of trouble or wasn't liked by somebody. Because nobody wanted to be the governor of Judea. The Jews played by different rules than everybody else. And because of that, and because they wouldn't go along with Rome's decrees and the sacrificing the things that they did there in Rome, because of that they had kind of a double standard for the Jews. They just kind of let them live how they lived and practice their own ways of worshiping and stuff like that. And so things were very volatile in that region. And Tiberius Caesar expected the governor to keep peace no matter what. Now, Pilate had a house in Caesarea where he stayed most of the time to, to stay away from the Jews. But he would come down to Jerusalem just during feast with a large you know, garrison of, of soldiers to kind of protect and keep order and to keep things from getting crazy during some of these feasts where a lot of people would travel to Jerusalem. And, and it seems that he hated the Jews. He, he definitely didn't respect their customs because some of the things that he did kind of showed either his cultural insensitivity to them or maybe his Roman patriotism. But the first thing that he did was that he took these giant golden shields with the image of Caesar on them and he hung them up in the temple. Now you can imagine for a group of people who would not you know, have any other image you know, of anybody, 
you know, not even God, they can't even make an image of God, having images set up around the temple. And the people rioted. They went to his house in Caesarea. They were chanting out. So it was kind of, you know, like we've seen in our country the last couple of years, you know, chanting and yelling and screaming and complaining. And so Tiberius actually got wind of it and he sent a, an urgent message through their mail system to Pilate and said, take them down. And so he got in trouble. <laughs> Another time he took the money from the temple and some people believe that because he was kind of in cahoots with the Sadducees, the, the ruling class of that day, that they let him have some money. But he took money from the temple to build an aqueduct into Jerusalem, and the Jews did not like that either. Well, of course, we know that Pilate was involved in the, in the death of Jesus. You know, he was the one who oversaw that case, tried to wash his hands of the incident, but ultimately delivered Jesus over to be crucified. And he was crucified, as the creeds say, under Pontius Pilate. And so he takes responsibility for that as well. But his downfall was actually something that happened just north of Judea in Samaria, where there was an uprising on the Mount of Gerasim. A group got there and they were protesting and he came in with Roman soldiers and killed a bunch of people. And that was finally the, the last straw where he was dismissed, where he was sent back to Rome to face Tiberius Caesar. And then on his way, Caesar died. And, and we don't know where Pilate went from there. We're not really sure. But a very difficult job that he had for sure. And Jesus answers this in verse 2. It says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? Now, if Jesus would have let them answer this, they would have answered with an affirmative, Well, yeah. You know, God wouldn't allow that to happen if they weren't somehow sinners. You know, in the, in the temple, in the, in, the, in the middle of a sacrifice, that God would allow that. And that was really the attitude amongst the people. It's a prevailing attitude back then. It's a prevailing attitude today. Does God wipe people out? Yeah, he actually does sometimes, doesn't he? We see that with Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus chapter 10. And we also see it with Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. But I think in those situations, we, we kind of had the heads up, you know. I mean, it was obvious, Nadab and Abihu bringing strange fire before the Lord, and the Lord struck them down, and then the Lord spoke directly to Moses and Aaron, told Aaron, don't, don't cry for your sons today. You know, do that later. Don't do it today, you know, lest the Lord break out against you. And so, that, I mean, that was, there's some serious situations. And then the thing with Ananias and Sapphira, they lied about what they were doing, about what they were giving. You know, if, if God held everybody to that standard, how many of us would still be standing? It's kind of scary. And I think that there, there should be a fear in, in that sense towards the Lord. But I think we also should be fearful of just assuming something happened to somebody because God was trying to kill them. I think that's a very dangerous place to go. You know, I just think of a good example, David Crowder's pastor, Kyle Lake, was pastoring his church, and it was a very progressive church, not our flavor at all, you know, very liberal compared to where we're at. And I can't judge his relationship with the Lord, but he was in a baptismal, and he reached for a microphone, just a low-voltage microphone, and, and it shocked him and killed him, and four doctors in the audience couldn't save him. And so I heard about that, and I, you know, I heard something from David Crowder, and I was like, wow, what was that all about? And I, I Googled it, and the first thing that came up, God kills, God kills emergent pastor, that's what it said. I'm like, wow, that is not even okay. You know, I mean, you, you might wonder about that, but you don't ever say that. You don't promote that idea. What a dangerous place to put yourself. You know, they did the same thing to Keith Green. I mean, you probably know who Keith Green was. Great influence on the church, led a lot of people to go on missions. He was pretty radical, and because he was so intense, 
when he died in a plane crash in the 80s, early 80s, you know, people said, you know, God killed Keith Green. You know, I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, so we don't, we don't, we don't go there when it comes to that. Unless God makes it clear that he's taking someone out, we shouldn't speculate. But what Jesus is saying is, you don't think they were worse sinners than everyone else, do you? You don't think that they deserve to die more than you deserve to die, in other words. And he says in verse 3, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. No, you, you weren't. No, it's not, they're not sinners worse than you, but if you don't repent, you're going to end up on the front page of the Jerusalem Post. You're going to be headline news. What does that mean? Well, a few things. I think, first of all, you know, non-repentance leaves us in a dangerous place. And, and speaking of non-repentance, I was speaking of someone who, who won't bow their knee to Jesus, who won't understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. There, there is a, an intensity and, an, and, a, and a certainty that if you do not give your life to Jesus, that you will perish eternally. But on another note, and it seems like Jesus is maybe speaking prophetically to these folks, he uses this word likewise, which is really interesting. I'm not going to try to pronounce the Greek word. I put it here being ambitious, but I'm not going to try to pronounce it. But the word means in the same manner. In the same manner you're going to die. That's what he tells these guys. Like, you'll all die in the same way if you don't repent. To be slaughtered? To have your blood mingled with sacrifices? What does he mean by that? Well, he probably means exactly that. Because in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37 through 38, Jesus coming upon Jerusalem, he begins to lament over the city and he says this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who were sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, I have left your house desolate. Remember that word desolate. I have left your house desolate. Jesus is pronouncing a curse upon the city of Jerusalem and the people who dwell there. The same people who would take him and put him on a cross, who would say, let his blood be upon us and upon our children, and then hang him on a cross and watch him die as a criminal. The, the ones who would kill the Messiah, and so he would say that to them. Now just after this, just right after this, Jesus, it says in Matthew chapter 24, the very next chapter, then Jesus, verse 1 and 2, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple, and Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that they should not be thrown down. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208 365 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.